welcome to the Pickup WNBA podcast. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. And I'm your other host, Freddie Rivas. And this is episode 11 of our podcast. We are deep, deep into this off season, but there is a lot to catch up on. Uh, we got to start first with the WNBA announcing next year's schedule. They've extended it. It's the most regular season games they've ever had. Uh, which is super exciting. It starts May 6th and it goes into mid-August and they've done that deliberately to uh, free up some space for the FIBA competition later that summer. Uh, I'm already feeling excited. How are you feeling? I'm very excited. It feels like, you know, we're starting this in year 25. So we're obviously hopping on but yeah, very much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're not, we're not OGs by any, uh, you know, stretch, but it does feel like the league's growing in very tangible and kind of like obvious ways and more games equals more revenue equals more time for, you know, the players for rotation players for the stars and more basketball in general, the playoffs are longer. Um, it just seems like the league is going like onwards and upwards and it's cool. Uh, I, I totally get the, you know, making sure you're clearing way for FIBA, but uh, 36 games. I, I hope that uh, we're still podcasting about the WNBA at a time when there's like 60 or 70 games. Yeah, man. I mean, that's the goal. I mean, us being based in Toronto, we really wanted to just get ahead of it for if slash when. Mm -hmm. Uh, we get a WNBA team and then it's like, Hey, look at us. We're already here. We're already, we're already killing it. Um, I gotta say though, um, something that we've harped about on this podcast, many episodes, we still got this annoying commissioner's cup. (laughs) That's my, that's my hot take commissioner's cup. We still Uh, aren't okay with you. Yeah. (laughs) Commissioner's cup. It's it's just I like the idea of it. But like we said, there's no stakes. It's just this like meaningless um, game between the top two teams. Um, And it just it should have more meaning. Anyway, it's still there. It happens after the all star game. So there's still time. There's still time to give it some more importance than it has. But uh, uh, excited to have more games. I mean, the only thing that I don't. Uh, love about um, the WNBA season start is that it happens like right in the middle um, of the NBA playoffs. And as some, as both of us cover the NBA as well, it's, it gets to be a lot. Um, But also it's like, when you look at the calendar year, like, I don't know when else they would start it. Yeah, exactly. I I was just thinking, as you were saying that I was thinking, you know, what is the most opportune time for the WNBA to carve out its schedule? And I don't know if there's a really good answer because it's sort of like they just have to stay in everyone's face as long as possible and be as loud as possible and, you know, take up as much TV time. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe they get more, maybe they get more advertising and more eyes on it during the NBA playoffs. I'm not sure. Maybe that's what the commissioner cup is all about. that would be so great if they just advertise the commissioner's cup (laughs) you should put the commissioner's cup on the like worst tv days of the year 
they should have like they should have some like analytics like uh you know nate silver i mean style it's already dude. like in middle july so it's not like it's already yeah. not in an ideal time fair enough um but yeah no i think it's like it's a good thing in general we'll keep we'll keep harping on this commissioner's cup let me just say though i think there might be some credence to the fact that like it will get more important as it gets more storied so as you know there's more and more commissioner's cup you'll have previous winners I barely even believe my own, you know, rebuttal there, but that that's what I got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's just one of those, it is what it is and we'll just have a busy May and June and that's fine. We'll make it work. Um, I mean, at least it'll be better this year or this coming year because, you know, in the 2021 season, uh, the NBA season got extended. So it was like, we were watching both until like July, like mid July. And that I felt like that was getting to be a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the double basketball is a lot. It's also like basketball heaven, but it also is a lot. Yeah. Um, but that's great. I, uh, also want to talk about, uh, the draft that's coming up. So we're recording this on Monday, December 13th. The draft is on the 19th. Um, I'm pretty excited. This is going to, this is our first year covering the WNBA. This is going to be is. our first draft. Freddie, what are you most looking forward to? So, uh, you know, I think I'm just into, you know, figuring out my first ever, like, like night around watching the WNBA draft. It's a half hour. It's going to come after some, I guess, important college games. Um, and, you know, I think I'm not going to know the players, but similar to the NBA. And, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but, um, you know, I think we both aren't that big into college. We both don't follow uh, college when the NBA draft comes around. I'm learning about the players at the same time as everyone else. Uh, I don't put too much stock into, you know, what happens with uh, unpaid athletes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll let you go off a, a little bit on that as well, but I'll, I'll say what I am excited just by a quick glimpse uh, is uh, there's three rounds. So uh, I, like, what does that mean? Do or, like, if you're a second round WNBA player, are you like still pretty good? Uh, I know in the NBA, if you're a second round player, it's kind of like you're lucky to play at all. And uh-huh. then, you know, the third round of the WNBA, does that mean, yeah, what what level is that? Like, is that, you know, they're mostly just drafting rights to players. So just kind of the landscape, how many players get drafted, period. What what the night's like? Is there is there like a green room? You know, is there like a top seven players sort of thing? Are there a lot of trades? Just curious. Yeah. I also like just from a broadcasting perspective, like, are they in a room? Are they together? Is everyone at home? Yeah. Are we just seeing names on a screen and that's it? Or like, do we, how much do we even get to meet everybody? Totally. So that's another thing I'm curious about. I have no idea. Who does Um, the interviews, you know? Yeah. Who are there interviews? I mean, there's so much, there's so much to, I don't know, but I, I will say, uh, going back to the, to college sports. So for me, like, I don't really watch NCAA basketball men's or women's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, well, I think for a few reasons, one, like we're based in Toronto and like, I don't have, a a, a team that I'm emotionally right. connected to like no loyalties. Um, 
yeah, I don't really have loyalties to anybody, but also like, I really, really am against the fact that they don't pay athletes. And so it's like, because I didn't get tied into it at a young age, it's like, why am I looking past this? Why is this something I'm, I'm supporting? Like, I think like when we have nostalgic ties to things, it's easier to look the other way. And, uh, this is one of those things where it's like, I don't have those nostalgic ties. Uh, this is clearly corrupt. We're not the first people to say it. There's been documentaries and who knows how much material out there about it. Um, it's widely publicized every year, every athlete's gone on about it. And so it's just like, okay, it is what it is. It's a system. It's systemic people need it. And, uh, like you, I just get really, I just really look forward to meeting the players that make it into professional leagues, basically. And also between covering both leagues, it's just a lot to include college basketball as well. It is. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, the, the docket is too big. Like you said, you know, there's the amount of ink spilled over just how rough it is for, um, you know, or how exploitative the NCAA is. And I know things are changing, you know, players are starting to get more, I guess, rights uh, and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, one thing I said to you before the podcast as well is, and we both agree on this, like, you know, we're obviously extremely pro player. Um, and, and yeah, what does it mean for women who are coming up? Do they have an alternative? Um, can, yeah, where where did like Sabrina uh, play? Sorry, I keep thinking that she's Italian, and I think she's just straight up American. But um, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know what the where that came from. But but you know what I mean? Like international players are they are they getting paid elsewhere and then coming to the WNBA? Um, do you have to be on a prominent WNBA or um, you know uh, sorry uh, NCAA team to get drafted high? Like uh, all these things, I'm kind of curious about. And, uh, and yeah, uh, I feel like I'm never been very interested in supporting the NCAA. Um, and from a very, very like, you know, non-political sense in general, the basketball is just so much worse. Um, and <laughs> I like that there's like systems that are, you know, in, in very entrenched and, you know, kind of cool stylistic stuff, but, uh, nothing beats a pro league. And I, I don't like the idea of a student athlete never have. Well, I mean, I know we have spent the last five, 10 minutes, basically just shitting on all college sports, but mm -hmm. I do want to give a shout out to Paige Bukers. Is that how you say your name? It's the most American girl name I could ever think of. If I tried Paige Bukers, uh, she's, UConn player she's basically hyped up to be like the next big thing in women's basketball uh she's injured right now she had uh she's fractured her left knee she's out six to eight weeks which is going to be the majority of the competition UConn which is known for having you know the best female basketball program uh, has been struggling this year and people are panicking. Um, I don't really, <laughs> this is something I have followed because she's already been on like the cover of like slam magazine and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like people are just really hyping her up big. So I'm curious to see, I don't know if she's made herself eligible for the draft. If we're going to see her this year, it seems like maybe we will, even though 
she's injured right now. I don't know if they can do that while they're still playing. Maybe it has to be next year. Um, but there's people like that that I'm curious to see, like, are there players that have gotten a lot of like press and a lot of hype that people are like really excited for stuff like that? Um, I, I haven't heard of her. I'm excited to learn more about her. And uh, one of the top Google searches was uh, how do you pronounce Paige Buker's name? Uh, and it, it looks like it's Becker's. Is so it Becker's? It's but a there's trick a, name. Just but there's drop a the U in it. There's a U in it. You go ahead and you throw that U out the window. Paige it- Becker's. Yeah. Okay, well, now it's less like, I, I don't know. Buke, Paige Buker's just sounded so like all American girl to me. Fair enough. Is that hey. wild? It just has that like. I'm Paige Bukers. I'm from South Dakota and I love fishing. Like, I don't know. Hey, like, you're just... not far off. My <laughs> my in-laws live in Beaufort, South Carolina. Whoa. Okay? And they like fishing. So, okay. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're in the wheelhouse. That's maybe that's where I got it from. Ferris um, Bueller's Paige, Day Off. Paige. Be- oh, okay. Yeah. But that's Bueller's, not Bukers. That's right. It's way off. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Paige Beckers has more of a. Uh, I've actually played uh, on the courts of New York City, and I can beat anybody. Paige Beckers. I just love how much Bukers is different than Beckers to you. Yeah, it is. It's really different to me. A completely different storyline, you know, like changes everything. Yeah, I mean Beckers. I don't know. Bet on Beckers. Yeah, way worse right? than bet on Bukers, that's for sure. No, it's way better. <laughs> I, I, I'm just I'm just riffing with the U and the E. All Catherine. right. All right. Anyway, we're we're silly people. Here. We are. We are. <laughs> um, I think we got to move on to a slightly more serious topic here. Um, so see. Indiana Fever's uh, Tiffany Mitchell uh, is currently playing in the Australian League right now. And she has come up under some racial discrimination regarding her braids. Basically, she was told to tie them back or to have them styled in a specific way. And people tried to claim that this was like a safety rule, but this is a really old rule that it has allegedly been pushed back on for a very long time now. And she didn't understand why it was suddenly uh, being reinforced. And so now the league is apologizing for this discrimination and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, I'm kind of over people just constantly apologizing for what is obviously, um, their racism. I don't know. How do, how do you feel? Okay. We're, we're exactly aligned here. So, you know, I read three different articles around this. Um, I, I, I first got tipped off when I saw that, I, you know, I guess Patty Mills um, is Australian and kind of came out uh, in, in, you know, Tiffany's defense and Tiffany was, was thankful and Tiffany w- was happy that the, the league did apologize and like rescinded or whatever and mentioned that, you know, this didn't happen anywhere else. And she had played in many professional leagues. She's been playing in the WNBA uh, for six years for the fever. And yeah, I think that's kind of what I'm curious about. And I, I don't, I don't think me and you are going to, you know, pull the answer uh, out. Like, like how do you, how do you restore a situation like this? 
I'm not sure, but I do think that simply apologizing, it doesn't feel like a big enough victory when a victory is needed. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not all about punishment, but I am curious who, who tried to enact this rule. Um, like just most recently, like who, who is the person who decided, Hey, this rule that is, you know, we, I think me and you both agree, obviously racist. Um, like who decided to, you know, in, invoke this and why now? And what do they have to say for themselves specifically? And how are they going to uh, rectify this wrongdoing? I don't know if that was too meandery, but like just no, a, no, it a wasn't. deeper I mean, accountability, I guess. I, I will say that um, the Sydney Morning Herald, which is uh, the source that I'm reading for this story, um, they said it's uh, it's Basketball Australia who um, initiated this. So it's coming from the league, just so we're clear that it isn't like a coach or another player that initiated this. Right. Um, but who in the league, like whether it's a, a commissioner or someone else, we're, we're not entirely sure. Like we don't we don't have that information. Or at least I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, no, I, I I don't have it either. And I feel like this is, you know, part of the problem is that like these um, these franchises can or, you know, these these racist boardrooms can kind of like camouflage each other when something goes bad. They can be like, yeah, sorry, that was bad. Who did it? You'll never know. Well, I feel like what happens with with white people is that like someone will say like a racist idea and they do what I call a soft pitch. And then they see if you're on board with their racist idea or not. Right. Right. Because nobody really likes conflict. Mm -hmm. So it's just easier to smile and nod than it is to actually be like, no, I'm not on board with that. And when you're in a work setting, in a boardroom setting, let's say, even if it's a Zoom, right? Um, it's harder to be like, hey, I'm actually not on board with that. And so I think it's easy when, you know, you don't have diverse people in the room for those ideas to, to percolate. And, you know, that's why we have so many systemic problems. Because it's like, you know, because Tiffany has, has come out and said she felt um, racially targeted by the league. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, like when, you know, when something, when somebody's saying something racist to you, it's like, you know, you just know it, you know, when you're being racially targeted. I mean, for me, it's interesting because, uh, for anybody who doesn't know me, I'm half white, half South Asian. I look white. And so sometimes I've had people say things that are racist to me and they don't even know they're being racist to me. Right. And so it just kind of like, I don't know. So I feel like sometimes I get to see racism from like a, a unique lens, let's say, but I just feel like I feel for Tiffany because it's like, you just know when you're being racially targeted, it's like, you just, you just feel it. Uh, I mean, a hundred percent. And, and I think, you know, for anyone who doesn't know me, uh, I'm also uh, mixed race, also present as white uh, to most people and also catch welcome people, to Toronto. Right? No, but I'm yeah, I'm half white, half Latino. And, you know, I catch people rolling those R's 
and putting way too much emphasis on the word fajita all too often. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, just making derogatory uh, Latino remarks, like whether it's a working class, whatever. And yeah, it does feel like you're kind of catching someone Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just gross and has no place for it. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know if we're. Uh, I'll speak for myself. I don't know if I'm saying anything profound, but uh, what, you know, in regards to Tiffany, but it sucks that she went through this. I'm happy that, you know, she spoke out and that Patty Mills had her back and that it was reversed, but I'm just really unhappy that she went through it. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not a good thing. I guess uh, some of the stuff we cover with women's basketball and WNBA or WNBA adjacent, like Australia basketball, it's going to be ugly and shitty, uh, but I don't want to ignore it, you know? Absolutely. Um, and I agree. Like, it just it just sucks that she had to go through it. And, you know, it's funny that you bring up Patty Mills. Like, Patty Mills has longer hair and nobody would be like, uh, Patty Mills, you need to style that a certain way. You need to do something about that. Like, nobody, like, nobody would do that to him. So I, I just feel like, you know, with covering women's basketball or just covering women's sports, you just end up walking into more political issues because that's just what we're facing now in the world. And um, like you said, we don't want to ignore them. We definitely want to talk about them and, uh, and really just like stick up for people basically. Hell yeah. Um, With that, let's move on to, you know, really the big news that came out um <laughs> this past week look at us really burying the lead here but uh both huge the, news both the phoenix mercury and the new york liberty have let go of their coaches um hey. which i honestly i found both um i hesitate to call them firings because both statements said uh mutually agreed to part ways or have agreed mm-hmm. to part ways but i'm right. like Maybe coaches just don't get fired, fired anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to dig and see if they got exactly like what what exactly happened. But it seems like, um, you know, Sandy Brondello was not renewed, which is similar to a firing. You know, maybe we should start there because that's the one that I think is uh, it, it sparks the most curiosity, right? They Well, yeah, cuz I mean this team the went to the finals. And you know, they with with Diana Taurasi injured uh you know for part of the season and for the you know the first play-in game and they they were awesome and I feel like me and you both called it when the finals came. We both said Chicago is the better team, they're going to win, but we feel like Phoenix is filled with fighters and they are. Like, you know, the way the way Phoenix uh, beat. Wait, it was Phoenix. Phoenix beat the Aces, right? Yes. yes. Yes, they did. Um, You know, it was pretty incredible. They were totally outmatched and just kind of, you know, fought hard. Your girl, your Hamilton pal uh, nurse was uh, I think she <laughs> tore her um, ACL ACL. Right. Like, you know, right for the playoffs. So just, you know, a, an enduring season and. A little bit surprised that that Sandy got let go or not renewed. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing that really surprises me about it is because when you look at this team, they're an older team. You know, Diana Taurasi said she's coming back. They really have one more year, realistically, to make a run at a championship. 
And it just, it's weird to me to when you know you have such a small window to now replace your coach because she's been with them for quite a few years. I want to say like six seasons or something like that, maybe even seven. Like she's been with the Mercury for a long time. So it's just like, why, why now since 2014? Yeah. Eight years, which is it, which is definitely an an achievement, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. So that's, that's why I was like, I don't know if like she was tired. Um, but it just feels weird that, that now would be the time because now you're going to have this veteran team, um, you know, this, you know, quote unquote goat in Diana Taurasi going into what is, you know, likely her final season with a new coach. I, I find this very puzzling and I, and I wonder if this like not being renewed had anything to do with her own, her own wishes, but I don't think, I don't know. It's just, well, it's, it's a bizarre coaching firing. I have I don't to wanna, say, I don't want to throw rumors around, but let me just flag the fact that um, Robert Sarvar or Sarver owns the Phoenix suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And, you know, things are not well there. So I don't know what her relationship is with ownership and management, but um, it seems like it's not the best place to work uh, and hasn't been for a long time. So uh, again, I've right, no she's idea. been there for a long time. That's true. That's true. She's been there for a long time, but you know, who knows? Sometimes your bucket's full and uh, you're, you're, over- I mean, has Robert Sarver ever been to a Mercury game? I don't even know. I, yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know how much he cares about. He might forget that he owns them. <laughs> Unfortunately, there is a lot of that. Uh, he seems like the type that would forget he even has the team. Also, just a weird connection. Uh, Sandy is also the coach of uh, the Australian national team. So it's a lot of crisscrossing stuff going on here. That's right. For the Olympics, not for the, for the Olympics. Yeah, yeah not for the league that we just discussed. But anyway, yes. Um, yeah, this is definitely a weird one. Um you know, I don't know who's going to going to replace her, who's going to replace uh, Walt Hopkins uh, with the Liberty. This one I also actually found to be a bit surprising because I don't think of the New York Liberty as a team that underachieved last season. Yeah. Well, both these teams seem like they overachieved kind of. Yeah. Like I, you know, the Liberty lost that, that play in game, but like they were right there. It was a thrilling game. Like they almost took it. And um, Sabrina Inescu was injured for part of last season as well. So I feel like, you know, they were able to bounce back um, in the second half of the season and made a run at the playoffs. So I I don't know what more you could have asked out of that team. Uh, He only coached them for two seasons. Um, I saw online that a lot of people were talking about um, Teresa Weatherspoon, former New York Liberty player. Uh, coming in to coach them. She is currently an assistant with the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, That would be cool. Like as a fan, I'd love to see that. It would be so great to see her back in New York. Um, You know, she's very beloved there. Um, With that being said, I'm also, I I feel a little conflicted because I feel like, you know, for all the women who have assistant coaching positions in the NBA, they're, they're constantly chipping away at the idea that one of them could be a head coach. And I feel like I don't want someone as strong as Teresa Weatherspoon to leave that post. 
So I'm kind of torn about how I feel about her taking a head coaching job with the Liberty, but you know, I trust her. She's going to do what's best for her life. And that's what's most important. So I'm kind of intrigued by this idea either way. Okay. I'm just going to add on to that. I totally Mm -hmm. agree. I feel like, because, you know, I I read a, an article about potential, you know, candidates to replace uh, Waltz or Sandy. Um, And, you know, it's uh, uh, Becky Hammond's in there and Teresa Weatherspoon's in there. And I, I am hundred percent with you that I feel like they need to kind of hold down their post. Like, I think we should all collectively absolutely freak out if Becky Hammond does not replace the soon to retire Greg Popovich. Oh my God. I know. Uh, because it's just so wildly overdue for her to be a head coach. But I mean, that's like a whole, you know, topic on their own. That's like a three, four year running storyline at this point. But yeah, I, I, I would love to see Teresa work her way further into the NBA um, and, and, and I, I really do like this integration of like more WNBA players being a part of the NBA, whether it's like, you know, Kia calling a Raptors game or, you know, whatever, just, just more integration. Uh, and I will say that, uh, I feel like Sandy is such a good coach. She was also a candidate for the New York job. So she might be in a scenario where she's like, Hey, Phoenix is old. Uh, I'm like a legendary player and coach. I'm going to New York. You know, yeah, that would be great. And then she'd be closer to her husband, who's an assistant with the, the Chicago Sky. I saw that. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Can we get those two on the same staff? Yeah, that would be sweet too. Maybe for us, maybe for them, it's like, God, get out of my hair. You know, they're like Catherine, Freddie. Not everything is a Chicago Sky backcourt scenario. And, <laughs> and and we're like, but can it be? You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Um, with that, uh, it's time for, wow, Freddie, in our rundown, you called it Freddie's silly question, but we've been calling it Freddie's fun question this whole time. Are you proposing a name change to the segment? Absolutely not. This (laughs) is, um, this is my, you know, ADHD kicking right in because when I was writing it, when I was writing those questions. I, I, as soon as I wrote the word silly, I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I don't even recognize what I'm writing, you know, but I, I just, I left it there as a placeholder because I was like, Catherine will pick up on this. Um, <laughs> you know, this is why we work together. Our personalities, you know, there it's, it's a, thank you. It's Freddie's fun <laughs> question. It's FFQ. I, I can't believe I forgot. I can't believe I forgot. Right, after we named it after the, uh, FLQ the crisis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, there you go. This is how it works for my brain. Like all the nerve endings, <laughs> they're all connecting. Okay. My constellation is revealing itself. Uh, oh my know, God. One silly at a time. Um, well, with, with that being said, Freddie, bring us in. What is, what is your fun question this week? Here we go. Um, Another candidate, just tying it into our, our last subject for these uh, coaching vacancies, was Sue Bird. And Sue Bird has not yet indicated whether she's going to play again or not. I think she's good enough. Um, maybe she's insulted by people saying that she should be a coach and she wants to keep playing. But uh, yeah, Sue Bird has been in the WNBA uh, for 17 seasons and played, uh, according to basketball reference, 
549 WM NBA games, just like remarkable any way you want to look at it. So my question to you and to us, my fun, not silly at all question is um, if you could do anything, you know, if you had to do something for that long, like, or like, what could you envision yourself doing for that amount of time? What could I see myself doing for 17 years? Yes. Um, well, Freddie, you, uh, well, first of all, I just want to say as I, I'm killing time so I can think of my answer to this. Fair. Um, I saw a lot of like, oh, Sue Bird should coach the Phoenix Mercury. And I was like, I don't know if that's a good idea. Did you see that too? A lot. I saw a lot of fans are going on about that. And I was just like, but her and Diana Taurasi are like best friends. And I feel like that would be such a weird dynamic. Yeah. And I also feel like there's this want for star players all the time to be head coaches. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a, again, I don't know how it is exactly in the WNBA, but it's often had a weird, um, like it's not always the best. It's, it's often like really good role player type uh, players that are good coaches, but um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, in, in, in the spirit of us talking about different posts, I'm curious where and what Sue Bird might occupy when she's done her, uh, her basketball career. Like, because I think she is very savvy in a bunch of ways. So she could, she's going to be a prominent face of women's sports and women's basketball. So, you know, I don't know if she wants to be a head coach. Uh, if she does, I'm sure it's welcome, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll start here. My, my quick answer is eat pizza. Okay. So uh, I could eat pizza Mm-mm. for 17 years. Mm-mm. No problem. Uh, also sushi could do it. You no mean problem. every day? I think so. Yeah. Um, it's, it wouldn't be easy, but I'd have to mix it up. I'd have to do pepperonis. I'd have to do margarita, um, thin crust, you know, uh, mm. perhaps little Caesar's crazy bread. I'm not sure, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd mix it up. Um, I eat it, bread every day. So if there's right? a little extra garlic on that sauce on there, no worries. Uh, other than that, if this is pretty hard because I, I'm not sure if I have a passion as intense as, you know, Sue Bird's passion for basketball, perhaps. Well, I mean, basketball I didn't interpret words. this question as doing something every day. For 17 years because sue bird hasn't played basketball every single day for 17 years probably not but i bet you she's been close but she's practiced of course but you gotta let your body rest too so sometimes it's like i'm just gonna live weight lift weights today fair enough yeah so sometimes i just like look at pizza <laughs> <laughs> like i'd look at pizza through a window whatever. sometimes i just take the box and i lift it yeah yeah, sometimes I just like open and close the pizza box. Sometimes huh? I order an extra large just to lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you know you know what it, you know what it's all about. Sometimes you just gotta lift that slice, put it back down, lift it back up. See, because I was thinking of of things like okay, so my first thought was I could live in Dwayne the Rock Johnson's house in Hawaii. For 17 years? For 17 years. Wow. But then that makes me sad because that means it would end. Right. And I can't have that end. It's like paradise. Fair. So then I got stuck. Then I started thinking, well, what if I did stand up comedy? 
for 17 years and then walked away from stand-up which is like big but also in 17 years i could be a little tired maybe i don't want to be on stages all the time anymore you might be burned out i could be burnt out so i was leaning towards that but then when you talked about eating pizza every day that really switched up the whole question for me Mm -hmm. because if i had to eat one food every day well you know what this is going to sound stupid and really boring of me, but something I probably do. Well, I drink coffee every day, mm-hmm. so that's easy. I have a lot. I, I have a latte, a, a soy latte. Make it myself at home. Yeah. Cheers. Congratulations. Thank you. A slice of toast with butter. I eat that every day. Wow. Very posh. Very posh. So my breakfast routine I could do every day for the next 17 years. Yeah. I feel like Sue Bird probably also eats breakfast and pizza. So. Um, this question did get pretty silly because we both just turned it into what could we eat every day? Yeah, but I went on a journey. <laughs> yeah, I just said I, I copped out on my own. Well, because, you know, I, my immediate go to was was comedy, which I've already been doing for 15, 16 years. Um, oh, but, see, that's so f- I've been at it for like eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say your growth is exponentially larger than mine. But you know what? No worries. Right. <laughs> crazy but i did a lot of growing before i started comedy sure and thank god because you know this is just like a complete aside and probably tmi but if i started comedy at a younger age i would have made so many mistakes with so many men in comedy very fair oh my god just like and then that would have like ruined everything for me but I got into comedy at an age where I was smart enough not to do that. Right. I mean, I th- honestly think a lot of people and, you know, particularly for, women, for people who don't know, they they all date each other. Comedians. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, weird, gross behavior often. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, things if, things get messy. If you're starting comedy, you know, I, I'd say before the age of 25, maybe have, you know, maybe just don't hang around the club too much because it's it's can be a grimy place <laughs> wow well what a what a journey we've been on this episode yeah. and particularly this last question totally um we, sorry go ahead i was gonna say we went from pizzas to giving young comedians dire warnings dire <laughs> it's not even advice it's just dire warnings at this point um well freddie that has been our episode uh just to let our listeners know Uh, We'll be back with another episode at some point in the new year. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll talk about the draft and maybe some other fun things happen over the holidays and all that good stuff. But keeping you up to date during this offseason leading up to to May 6th. So uh, we're going to get really creative and fun with your questions and and all that good stuff. Uh, But until then, Freddie, where can people find you on the Internet? Uh, Yeah, check me out on Twitter. at Freddie Rivas, F-R-E-D-D-I-E-R-I-V-A-S. Um, and check out my basketball podcast uh, at Confederacy or at Dunks Podcast or dunkspodcast.com. We're Confederacy of Dunks. We're a Raptor slash NBA pod. Um, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram too, Freddie Noel Rivas. 
And you can follow me at it's me underscore Catherine spelt C-A-T-H-R-Y-N. My NBA podcast is called Buckets and Tea NBA Show, now available on the Raptors Republic Network. So uh, be sure to check that out as well. Thanks again. And we'll chat with you next time. Bye. Yeah.